It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. This is Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional election statutes and to represent both Republican candidates and the Democratic Party. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners. And I have served the Superior Court repeatedly as special master. On Slow County Public Policy and the Law, office holders, candidates, lawyers, journalists, and activists inform you about policies shaping your lives. That focus brings folks with different viewpoints without being attacked to tell you about how they think your community can be improved even if I or station management disagree with a guest's ideas. Last week, Joe Tarika, editor of the Slow County Tribune, and I talked about the changes in journalism and the Tribune's editorial policies. Then Dalila Epperson explained why she is running against Dawn Addis as the 30th District Assemblywoman. I will pause to note that Dawn Addis has been invited to come on the show, but has yet to accept the invitation. If you missed those informative shows, you can hear the podcasts at knews985.com. That's K-N-E-W-S-985.com. On past programs, you have heard me talk with Judge Craig Van Ruyen about the critical function the grand jury performs indicting criminals and investigating government. In a county where bribery of government officials by developers and marijuana barons has been charged over the last few years, the grand jury is more critical than ever. If you have the time and a commitment to your community, you can now apply to serve on the grand jury. Just log on to the Slow County Public Policy and the Law webpage at knews985.com and click on the link to apply. 19 grand jurors and 11 alternates will be seated by the court to serve. In our first hour today, I'm very pleased to speak with financial giant Tim Ranzetta about his ballot initiative to restore to California's school students personal financial education. In our second hour, you get to hear Thomas Cole about why he is running to represent you in Congress. Thomas Cole is a Republican who is challenging Congressman Salud Carbajal in 2024. But right now, Tim Ranzetta is here to talk about why California needs to adopt the California Personal Finance Act at the November 5th election. Welcome to the show, Tim. Stu, it's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about this exciting initiative. Well, it's wonderful to have you. I I like my listeners to get a little information about the background of my guests. Uh, Are you from California and, and... How did you uh, get into finance? Sure. I guess after 32 years here, I 
guess I, I almost consider myself a native, but I grew up on the East Coast and came out uh-huh. west for graduate school, and similar to many, never never left. Never left. <laughs> um, yeah, my interest in financial education actually came, uh, it was about 13 years ago, I volunteered to teach a class. Uh, I visited a school in the, in the area, Eastside College Prep in East Palo Alto, and I volunteered to teach a a class, which I probably was not qualified to teach, but I certainly had a lot of enthusiasm for, which was, which was a personal finance class. And what I saw in teaching that class was just an incredible amount of interest these young people had for information they'd never been exposed to before. These are students, primarily black and brown students, who were seeking to be first in their families to go to college. Uh-huh. And then I think the, the clincher was the ripple effect, where I started to hear from their parents about budgeting, about, you know, their child had come home so excited about investing and asked if they had started to invest for retirement. And would I help them think through how to go about setting up an account and what might be an appropriate first investment for them? And then I was, then I was hooked. And so I taught that class for eight summers. And then it was about two or three years into that, I said, you know, I'm tired of reading about financial illiteracy in this country because this is a solvable problem. It's called education. So what can I do to help improve the financial education? And in 2014, I started a nonprofit here in Northern California called NextGen Personal Finance. And very simply, our mission was that by the year 2030, every high school student in America would benefit from a standalone, semester-long personal finance course. Well, that that illustrates how long it takes to get change <laughs> in a state as large as California. Uh, yeah, nationally, just to jump in on that, yeah. I mean, nationally, there's there's an incredible movement afoot because again, we work with ninety three, we partner alongside ninety three thousand teachers nationwide, including more than six thousand in California, and in just the last two and a half years, the number of states requiring this course has gone from eight to twenty five. Really, and we've kind of been on the front lines of that. We've been, and you know, we created a separate entity called NGPF Mission Twenty Thirty Fund, where we go in and advocate in these state legislatures, and we've seen it firsthand. You know why this is happening, the popularity of it. The, the well, we all I think need the we know the need for it um, because young people, if we don't teach them in class, they're going to learn through social media. Seventy percent of them tell us that. Um, well, and folks, then there's just the, the financial services firm, which I think we're we're seeing more and more are targeting young people. And so let's get this information so they can be critical consumers. Well, folks, in case you've tuned in late, this is your host, Stu Jenkins, at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're speaking with Tim Ranzetta about requiring personal finance in California schools. And, and Tim, you know, I uh, I have three daughters, and one of them, I can tell you had a fourth grade teacher who required all of the students to learn how to balance a checkbook. They had uh, uh, pretend investments that they were able to make. They were able to uh, take out loans, and uh, they had set it up. The teacher had set it up very well. Some of them had to go bankrupt and start over because they overspent, and... um, That daughter of mine became very, uh, very uh, interested 
in making sure that person her personal finance was uh, uh, solid, and she has done very well in life, and uh, frankly is. Uh, probably the richest one in the family at this point. Uh, <laughs> well, but, kudos to that teacher. And, yeah. and I bet if you asked your daughter, she remembers that class. Oh, very much so. Uh, very and much I think so. the more we can create educational opportunities for folks where they can take concepts they learn in class and apply them immediately in real life. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't hear, you know, personal finance teachers never hear their students say, how am I ever going to use this in my life? Oh, no. It's immediately applicable. It's and not. I think that's really one of the real powers of this course is that it motivates not just a subset of students. It really motivates all students. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to learn about money and how to, you know, how to do well in their future lives. Well, now, Tim, let's, let's talk about this initiative. I, I'm assuming that you all went to the state legislature and tried to convince them to... Uh, to amend the education code to require this. Uh, did that uh, effort have any success? Yeah, so, you know, a little historical background is that there's been a history of financial literacy bills languishing in the legislature for the last two decades. Really? And so so earlier this year, uh, we worked alongside a, an assembly member uh, for a bill, AB 984, and unfortunately... Uh, in committee, and that, that was a bill that actually we used as the, the template for our ballot initiative because it would have required uh, a personal finance course. It was a two-step process because we realized California is a big state, and the first step in the process would be to guarantee every high school offered an elective course in personal finance, and then after several years, it would require every student to take that course. So the first graduating class, uh, class of 2030, would be the first class guaranteed to, to take that. And unfortunately, the bill in, in committee, um, an amendment was added that, that watered it down. Huh? Well, you've, you've been working to get this on the ballot. How, uh, how is that effort going? It's going extremely well. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, we, before moving, before going upon this, uh, this journey, you know, the first thing you want to do is gauge popular support. And so our early polling uh, from David Binder Research showed that 78% in support, almost four out of five California voters. And that really matches because we've done this in so many states. You know, we rarely, if ever, see it below 78%. This is something that's not, you know, I don't even think it's bipartisan. I think it's nonpartisan because it just makes sense for, for so many people. So we've got a great campaign team uh, in order, uh, and we're about halfway to the uh, in terms of the number of signatures that we'll need to gather. We've got the resources to get us to November. Um, November, And so we're, we're could, I could not be more excited about the progress. I, I get texts every once in a while from teachers, because, again, we work with 6,000 teachers here in the state who will excitedly text me a picture of a table set up outside a, a local Target or a local supermarket, and uh, on it it says, you know, guaranteed financial education for California high schoolers. And I think the pace at which we're getting signatures is just another indication of how popular this initiative is. So, Tim, if uh, folks wanted to volunteer to uh, to collect signatures for this initiative, how would they do that? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's, it's really challenging the logistics 
of collecting signatures because there's regulatory uh, and then there's checking that has to take place. And so we have we built a broad coalition already. And I'll just I'll give you a, a website uh, folks can go to to join our coalition. And then I think once they've become a part of it, we'll we'll reach out to them as to how they can continue to support it. Um, so they won't have to collect signatures, but maybe it's uh, telling 10 friends uh, that this is something that they're going to support. So the, the website is financialed, the number four, ca.com. So that's financialed, the number four, ca.com. And you'll see instructions there or opportunities for folks to, to get involved. We certainly would love to add, add you to our, co- our growing coalition. And, and uh, if there's uh, teachers who want to get involved, they would go to the same uh, financial ed, the number four, ca dot org dot com dot com dot com. That's important. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Did I say dot org? Well, I, I'm. Not, you know, I don't have that good a short term memory. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and you know the teachers have been teachers have been great. Um, in terms of, frankly, a lot of what has inspired me to, to move forward on this effort is the teachers we've met in California who want to do more, who want to teach more students. Um, there's a, a teacher down in, in Southern California, Tara Razi, who teaches in San Marcos High School. And, you know, oftentimes to add an elective in a high school requires quite a bit of effort. And so she got an elective on the books, and she taught one section of students. And you know, by the she did that in the fall, and you know, by the spring, she had five sections. Well, and it's that sort of uptake where you know students are talking about it in the classroom. You know, they're going home to their parents, and parents are talking about we need to get our children into these classes. And I think it's examples like that um, because right now, you know, California is used to being a leader. In financial education, a report recently came out from the Center for Financial Literacy that graded California as one of four states, gave it an F. And what I'm really excited, because the lack of access to this essential topic in the schools, in fact, only one in four, you know, less than 1% of California students are required to take this course. Nationally, that number is 53%. And so what's really exciting about this initiative is that, you know, every student you know wants to get an A grade. Well, we can go from an F to an A by guaranteeing that every high school student, when they cross the graduation stage, will have taken this class. Well, and uh, I I did notice that the uh, attorney general and the legislative body that studies these initiatives and gives a financial report on them... uh, they dampen the enthusiasm that a voter might have for it by saying that uh, it may cost uh, tens of millions of dollars to implement this program. But I'm thinking, um, given the hundreds of millions of dollars in bankruptcies uh, that it will prevent and in uh, people uh, losing homes later in life because they don't financially uh, uh, know how to navigate through our system uh, it seems like a really good investment to me but it certainly it certainly is and i'll just i'll make a couple of points there i think number one we believe the cost actually will be a lot lower than tens of millions of dollars and that's based on what we've seen in the 17 or excuse me the 
25 other states uh, that are implementing it. So a couple things. The cost, you know, would typically you'd have to pay, pay for textbooks. You know, we as well as other nonprofits provide high-quality curriculum available at no cost on the professional development side. How do we train? How do we upskill educators? Mm-hmm. Again, California is starting with a strong foundation here of educators who participated in our professional development. We offer that at no cost, and there's other organizations in the state that do. And then the last question is who's going to teach this course? And what we've seen in other states is educators who pick up this course, you know, maybe it's replacing an elective that they were teaching. And so you're taking existing teachers, and believe me, teachers enjoy teaching this course. We, we know of situations in other states where they're literally lining up, raising their hand, saying, I want the opportunity to teach this course because what we hear and what we've seen and what's really cool about teaching teachers is they benefit in their own lives from teaching this course as they're also increasing the learning that they have. The second point, and I love the way you framed it as an investment, there's an economic benefit from a personal finance course. There'll be a report coming out in early February from a consulting firm, Titan Partners, that actually quantifies what the impact of a personal finance course is. The average lifetime benefit is $126,000 for a student in California. So the couple hundred dollars per student that may cost, the fact that it's going to yield such strong economic benefits because they're managing credit better, because they're starting to invest at a younger age and benefiting from the compounding, because they're avoiding high-interest loans. Um, These are all major factors. And so while there is a cost, I, I believe it's less than the fiscal impact that was included in the initiative. The payback for California's economy and for California families is so far above and beyond that cost. Now, now Tim, how, mu- how much was that making. benefit per student? Hundred and twenty-six per student, correct. Hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars in their careers. Yes, and and that's, that's going over over their lifetime. And, and let's remember the impact here is. 450,000 high school students graduating roughly in California every year. And that Think about that impact. And that money is going to go back into their communities. It's going to uh, boost the tax revenue for cities, counties, and the state. So um, it seems to me that that's going to be a net win for the state. Absolutely. Now, some of the things that... Uh, you know, I, I have the initiative in front of me. And uh, some of the things that this education would require each student to um, become proficient in, uh, I, I really like this, developing budget skills for independent living. That's the very first one. Uh, we have a great activity we've developed where students literally kind of put themselves into the future, and there's a spreadsheet that they complete and they quickly it's a, it's an amazing wake-up call for many students to understand what the real life and it's that really understanding what's the trade-offs that you make in terms of the career that you choose and the lifestyle you can expect as a result of that career choice i think that's such a uh, such a great exercise for young people to go through as they think about their future me well the other uh, thing is uh, you've really got a a good menu here of things that uh, people ought to know and understand. Uh, the second item is understanding the tax system. And understanding just the basics of the tax system is going to help every every young person make investments and make decisions about uh, 
about finances and then uh, understanding retirement accounts. It's pretty neat that kids in high school would have a course that talked about setting up retirement accounts that could benefit them in their elderly age. Um, yeah, there's an, I just, I need to shout out a, uh, I have to shout out an educator in, in uh, Los Angeles, in El Segundo, um, Christopher Jackson at Da Vinci Communications. I visited his class recently uh-huh. on his, he's got a bulletin board set up listing students who've invested in Roth IRAs. Wow. Now, if that isn't the best, because there's a lot of people skeptical. How are you going to get young people to think more than a day ahead of time? They're so short-term focused. Taught well, and I think he, he makes heavy use of, uh, you know, a compounding calculator where you can estimate if you save $100 a month or $200 a month over a long period of time and you earn just what an average stock market return might be at 7 8 9%. Um, that's really motivating to kids. Sure. Um, and he, and he's doing it. And I think that's the most successful educators in this space. What they've managed to do is say, this isn't about knowledge gain. This is about behavioral change. And so let's think about all of the things I want young people to do before they leave my class, like set up a bank account, like starting to think about investing, um, applying for a job, just going through that process. And really, again, bringing the classroom into real life. I think that's such a powerful, that's what makes this class so powerful. And, you know, it's real life that an education is for. So. <laughs> yes, it is. My, my dad was a prof Cal Poly here on the Central Coast. And he uh, always talked about a guy who went to Harvard from some out west place called Kentucky at the time, <laughs> at the turn of the uh, first century. Uh, of the country, and uh, he went home, and uh, the, the uh, professors were saying, wait a minute, you've done so well, you should stay here on the East Coast and become a lawyer or a doctor, and he said, well, no, I got this great education, now I've got something to help me do my farming, and uh, of course, that's right. You, if you have a good financial education, you can do almost anything. Well, we're coming up on a hard break here, so folks, you're listening to Tim Ranzetta, and his discussion about Californians for Financial Education and the wonderful initiative they have coming up on the November ballot. Stay tuned after this news, and we'll be right back. 